0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: We're going to be talking about, in Luke chapter 12, if you'll turn there, we're going to be talking about the real danger. In verse 4, it says, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who, can kill, who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say, fear him. You want to know who you should be afraid of? It's not people. Not people who can just kill you. I mean, come on, that's all they can do is kill you. And we know that they can. We know they can kill us. Well, they can torture us too. That's not fun. But they can kill you. That's that's the worst they could do but they can't do anything after that. Who has power over the after that? He doesn't name him, be afraid of that person. Who has power over the after that? God, yeah, it's God who has the power over the after that. After that, not only can God kill you, you know, I mean, Ananias, Sapphira, but God can cast you into hell. That's whom you should fear. What does it mean, hell? Well, that's, a, that's not an easy answer, actually, as we think about what the Bible has to say about this subject. You know, I don't like the idea of hell. I pray nobody goes to hell. I know people have. I don't want anybody to go there. It's awful to think about. But we see a picture of it. We're going to see it as we get into Luke chapter 16. Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, I just want to point something out. I think this is really important. A lot of people say, well, that's just a parable. Well, that's okay if it's a parable. Jesus isn't going to lie about a parable either. He doesn't make up stories in any of his parables. He always gives real scenarios in his parables. Just think of that. And so he's talking about a place where there's a man who is in a place of torment and another man who is in a place of paradise with Abraham. And this place of torment is a place of conscious torment. The man is talking. He's yelling across the chasm that's between the two. And this is a place where where the unrighteous dead go. Now, the righteous dead, before Jesus died on the cross, went to the other place, the place of paradise, where Abraham was and Lazarus went. And when Jesus died on the cross, he emptied that place out and and then everybody went to heaven to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's our promise. Now that Jesus has died on the cross, but that other place, that place, that chasm on the other side of the chasm where there was torment and fire, that's where people, the unrighteous go. And how long do they go there? Well, they go there until Revelation chapter 19 when everyone, all death and hell is delivered up before the great white throne of God and they're judged for their works. And then it says, every single one is cast into the lake of fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus says, these shall go away into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, but the righteous shall go into everlasting life. He uses the same words. Everlasting fire, this is where they're going to go. Everlasting punishment, he says as well. And so it's it's kind of an awful thing to think about. I mean, what does what it mean to be cast into everlasting torment? It's awful to think about. And yet, that's the reality that the Bible presents to us. I don't like it. There's a lot of things in the Bible I don't like, but it's true. And let God be true, and every man a liar. And so I, I have to yield to whatever the Bible says. He says that God can cast you into this place, this place of torment. You want to be concerned about what someone thinks, let that someone be God. It makes sense. Why would you want to be afraid of people or what people think or what people say or what people might do? Here's what makes it harder though. And I I think that, you know, I don't want to be callous about the reality of it is, and that is that if you do say, okay, I'm not going to care what people think. I'm only going to do what God wants me to do. And I'm going to follow God with all of my heart. Well, that is really a promise to you that you are going to suffer persecution in this life, that you are going to be affected by people and they are going to harm you. Paul would tell Timothy in Second in Timothy 3.12, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And so that's going to make you a target. And as a Christian, I have to embrace it and bless those who persecute me and do good to those who speak evil of me and to pray for those who spitefully treat me. That's our lot. We will suffer the sufferings of Christ. We will be betrayed. We will be mocked. We will be possibly even killed. But if, if I can live before God like that and I know that God's in control and I'm not and, and that I don't have to be fake before people, then I can sleep at night and I can sing praises to God and he is my refuge and he is my shield and my exceeding great reward. That's the truth. But I can't live in both places, can I? I have to say either I'm going to give, be completely sold out for God or I'm going to fear man. Man. So if I'm going to be fearful or terrified or worried or afraid, it only makes sense that that fear is directed towards the Lord and not towards people. Yet watch this, verse 6. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. Do you see what he did there? He says, If you're going to fear somebody, fear God. But but aren't five sparrows okay? So one, two sparrows could be purchased by for one farthing, which is that copper coin he's talking about. One farthing you can buy two sparrows, but just like Albertsons, if you buy four sparrows, if you buy two farthings, you get an extra one for free. That's how cheap sparrows were. And you talk about a copper coin. Our copper coin's a penny, right? It's the lowest denominator of money that we could we could use, and that's exactly what he's talking about here. These were very cheap to people, but what he's saying is what's super cheap for for some bird's nest stew. Your father cares about those sparrows. In Matthew, it says not one falls from the sky without his notice. He knows them. He loves them. He knows what branches they like to frequent. He knows where they like to fly. He knows their favorite tweet. He knows everything about these sparrows, and he cares about them, but he He made you in his image, and after his likeness, and how much more do you think that he loves you? So much that he has all of the hairs of your head numbered. That doesn't mean he knows how many hairs there are. That means he's numbered every single one of them. And so when you lose on average 75 hairs a week, I think it is, maybe it was the day, I can't remember, I read it. But as you lose those hairs... He's like, there's number 7,425. Oh, there's number four. Well, that, that was number 65. As those hairs fall out of your head, he knows every single one of them and has them all numbered. That's how intimately he cares about you. You have about 120,000 hairs on your head to start with with your full head of, head, head of hair when you're small. And those, those hairs, you know, for some of us is a daily count as they fall out. But then there's others of us who are more fortunate that we can grow a giant beard on our chin and that beard can hold about 30 to 40,000 hairs. And so we can keep our numbers up. It's a beautiful thing. But I want you to, I want you to have a good life. And if you want to have a good life, friend, understand how much he loves you and only seek to please him. Only seek to please him. Now, this whole thing is building from a, a life of insincerity and fear and leading to hypocrisy as contrasted to a life that's lived in reverence and fear and, and faith towards God. Well, Really, you know, the fear of reverence and more what we're talking about, but not a fear of terror before God because he loves you. And if that's true, then I'm going to be completely surrendered to him, even in the face of death, and many people do. That's, all of his disciples will face that. Every single one of his defi- disciples are going to face death. Now, the only one who didn't die was John, who was boiled in oil and, and then somehow survived supernaturally, and so they exiled him to Patmos. But every other one of them, barring Judas who, who hung himself and betrayed Jesus, every other one of them, face death. And, and throughout history, this has been true for the Christian church, you know, uh, and more, more Christians are dying today than ever in the history of, of mankind. More Christians are dying for their faith right now. In many countries like Pakistan and Syria and Sudan, and Northern Sudan, all across the world, there's countries, Morocco, where they kill Christians, people who convert to Christianity or people who convert others to Christianity or maybe just because they're a Christian, they kill them. That's like what they do in Somalia. It's awful. But, but that's something that Christians have to face. And sometime, someday maybe we will face that. I don't know. I hope not. Pray to God we don't. But it's possible that we will. Verse 8, it says, And also I say to you, whoever confesses me before man, him, the son of man, will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And so the question is, is, who's going to die for what they know to be a lie or what they believe to be a lie? Or, or or if they're just lying about who they are and they really don't have a life and they're just faking it till they make it, they don't really have a life that's dedicated to God, who's going to stand before the firing squad or the stake or, or put their head into a guillotine if, they, if they're just being a fake when it comes to their Christian faith?
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there.